Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Harbor. Well, Happy New Year. I'm so glad that you're here. And uh, if we have not met, uh, my name is Brian, and I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary. And uh, man, I know that um, in the new year, um, some people are like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back into church, or uh, maybe this is your first time here. And I just want to let you know um, that if you are here, we say this almost every week, but uh, you don't have to believe what we believe to be welcome here. And so this is, uh, everybody is on, uh, you know, a spiritual journey, and uh, wherever you're at on that journey, man, we're just so thankful and so glad that you're here. And uh, I know that it is like one of those things where walking into a church service, it can be super intimidating. And so I'm just proud of you and thankful that you trusted us enough to roll out, and I hope that you have an encouraging night tonight. I hope you leave more uplifted than when you walked in. And really, that's what we're here for. We're here because we believe in this generation of people. We believe in young people. We believe uh, in, in you. And we believe that God loves you so much, and he has such an incredible and amazing plan for your life. And I just think about like the potential and the possibility of, of people in their 18, 19, 20, all the way up to 30. Like this decade of our lives is such a powerful decade for God to do something amazing and set us on a course and a trajectory for our life. And so, man, I'm just hoping and believing that God is gonna do something powerful tonight and even in this year. If you believe it, say amen. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Hey, so if you need a Bible, you can raise your hand. Uh, if you don't uh, have a Bible, um, you can just grab one. And if you, you don't want to grab a Bible, that's okay, because we're going to have all the scriptures on the screen. So no pressure if you don't want to snag a Bible or if you don't know where to turn, that's okay, because we'll have all the, all the verses up on the screen. So we're starting a new series tonight, and it's a new year, new series, and it's called A Life That Invites. And so, you know, the heartbeat of this series is that our community of the harbor would be a community that lives our lives in such a way that we would invite people towards Jesus. And when I think about the life of Jesus, I think about this man who was the most, like, wholly set-apart man, like the most important man who ever lived in human history, and yet um, he, he never sinned. He never did anything wrong. And yet when you look at his life, people were just attracted to him. And what I think is so crazy when you think about, you know, a lot of times when we think about church people or we think about holy people, we think about people who actually are very unattractive. We think about people who are judgmental, who are stuffy, who are lame, who don't do anything that we want to do. But, but I love this idea that Jesus was so joy-filled, so filled with peace, so filled with hope that people were so fascinated by who he was that they wanted to know more about God. And I love the fact that he even stood up against people who were trying to keep people from God, even like religious people or, or people who were legalistic or oppressive. And so that's the kind of life that, that we want to live, a life that welcomes and invites people uh, towards Jesus, amen? And, you know, I, I, we've had this, this vision on our heart for this year of 2020, and I, I threw out this vision a couple times, but I'll throw it up for you one more time. And, and the vision is this, that as a Harbor community, that we will invite every single young adult on the Space Coast to walk with Jesus. 
And I just think about that idea that, you know, you and I, we have this opportunity in 2020 that we get to interact with people at our classes and people at our work and people just in our community. And we have an opportunity to invite them to have a relationship with Jesus. And we're not going to force it on them. We're not going to be people who like just stand out in the street with like a sign or be weird or anything like that. But we are going to love people and we're going to serve people and we're going to show them and demonstrate to them the love of Jesus. And that might be through us telling them about the love that God has. That might be us sharing our testimony or inviting them to event, whatever it is. Like that's our goal is that we want to invite. And, you know, I was thinking about, um, you know, a a group of us uh, just came back from Passion 2020. Yep, we got a couple whoops. And, uh, you know, that's like a big, giant Christian conference. And there was 65,000 college students there worshiping Jesus. It was amazing. We all came back and we were so fired up. And this is actually my, my seventh time that I, I have gone to Passion, or maybe my sixth, I don't know. And, uh, and I remember the first time that I ever went. And I was, I was 23 years old. It was seven years ago, which makes me feel like really old right now. And, uh, and I went, and it was just this mind-blowing experience. I remember hearing messages at Passion that literally like just shaped my whole life. And it shaped my 20s. And, and there were things there that I was just blown away by. And I went because someone invited me to go. And it was this beautiful thing. But, but then there came a moment where I didn't just want to go alone to passion anymore. I wasn't just happy to experience it for myself, but I wanted to tell somebody else about it and I wanted to invite somebody else. And this year, like as we took 37 young adults, like one of my favorite things was not the message or the teaching or whatever. One of my favorite things was just sitting on the back row and watching them experience God in in a special way. Because the, the point I'm trying to make here is that a lot of things in life, they're more special when you invite somebody else along. And so my heartbeat for this year and the thing that I want us to get deep down in our soul right now is that we don't want to go through this life alone. That we don't want to just show up even to the harbor alone if this is our community that we call home. That that we don't want to show up to heaven alone. Like it's awesome that we're going to heaven, but I don't want to roll up there alone. I want to invite some people with me along the way, amen? And that's my heartbeat for this series, and I believe that's what God wants for us in 2020. And the reason that we do this is not because I came up with some cool thing or our team sat in a room and said, like, what could we do to to kind of, like, freshen things up? The reason we do this is because that's what we read in the Word of God. And if you want to turn with me to Romans chapter 1, or it'll be on the screen, but in Romans chapter 1, it's a very famous verse about sharing the good news about Jesus, and, and this is what it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Uh, the apostle Paul is writing to this church, and this is one of the first things that he says. He says, I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ, because it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Now, the reason that he says the Jew and the Gentile is because at that time in human history, there was a separation between the Jews who were at, were, used to be just solely God's chosen people, and then the Gentiles were kind of the outcasts. 
And what he's saying is now everyone's included in this. Everyone is involved. But I love what he says here. I want you to look at this on the screen. I am not ashamed of the good news about Jesus Christ. And to be honest with you, like when I read that, um, I, I sometimes in the past when I have read it, I have kind of felt a bit of shame. I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced this because here's this hero of the faith, the Apostle Paul, and he's like, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm proud of it. I'm bold. And when I think about my own life, I realize that there are times when I can live in fear. There are times when I can be afraid to speak up and to say that I'm a Christian. There are times when I have felt like, man, there's an individual that I could go and talk to and go and pray for and go and show God's love to, but, but I'm afraid to do it and I haven't done it because of that. Can anyone in the room relate to me, at least not a little bit, if you're not too ashamed to nod, that is. And so I can, I can feel that, that tension of like, man, I really wanna be like this. I wanna be this person who says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, I'm proud of this thing. But, but sometimes I can feel that fear. And, and I love what the Apostle Paul says because he actually, he gives us, he doesn't shame us. He doesn't like talk down to us like, man, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but some of y'all out there are. Like he's not like condemning us or anything. Instead, he actually gives us a reason why he's not ashamed. And look at what he says. He says, the reason I'm not ashamed of the gospel is because it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. So the reason I'm not ashamed is because the gospel is God's offer to save everybody. And he says the Jew and the Gentile because that is what some people included as those within and some, what some people included as those without. And so the gospel has the power to save every single person. So if you're straight, if you're gay, the gospel can save you. Whatever continent you're from, people from every single continent are experiencing salvation through the gospel. Whatever, uh, economic, uh, whatever economic stratosphere you're in, if you are a doctor making millions of dollars or if you are a homeless person, the gospel has the power to save you. And so what Paul is actually saying is, I am not going to be ashamed of the one answer to the questions that everybody's asking. I don't want to be ashamed of that. Now, as I throw these things out, I know that in this room, there are some people who like when they hear this, they're like, let's go. Like I'm fired up. Like when I hear about an opportunity to go and talk to people about Jesus at one of our college campuses, or when I hear about an opportunity to, to, to tell my neighbor or tell my coworker, like I'm excited, let's do it. But, but I also can guess that there's probably some people in this room that are, are like feeling a little bit of a sweaty palm sensation and maybe some nerves and maybe some hesitation. And maybe you're like, Brian, like, I gotta be honest with you, this series is not for me. This is not like, I'm not so stoked or excited to share my faith because like, I'll be honest, like I have my faith, I have my love in God, but at the same time, like I have never told anybody about it. Like I couldn't even imagine talking to like a stranger about it, much less even like my friend. Like I, I haven't told my friend about it. 
Or maybe you're in this room and, and you're at a place where you're like, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus yet. I, I don't even know if God exists or if this whole thing is, is a totally different answer to the question. And, and if, if you're in that place, man, we're so glad to have you here and we're so thankful. And the reason I think this is a special place if you're in that place is because I really today am going to lay out basically the basics of what Christians believe. And so we're thankful wherever you're at. But let me just encourage you for a second, because over the next two weeks at the harbor, we're going to be talking about how to live a life that invites. But, but today, what I, I want to start with is I want to start with just answering the question, why we should live a life that invites. Like, why should I live in such a way that I am inviting people towards Jesus? Why should I live my life in such a way that invites people into a relationship with God? And this question, I think, is, is one that, that every one of us has to face. And to be honest with you, I'll, I'll be real. There have been a lot of times in my life where I have been very, very afraid to share my faith. And, and even up until the past couple of years, there's been times when I've been afraid to share my faith. Um, I've been a pastor for the last five years here. God um, just did an amazing work in my life and he saved me and he rescued me and, and just changed my life completely at the age of 21. And around that time, I got this desire to be a pastor and to tell other people about Jesus. And so I had always had in my mind, like standing up like I'm doing right now and teaching the Bible and telling people about God in that way. And so as God opened up doors for me to do that, and as I got a chance to be able to share my faith, I felt like in my spirit and in my heart, I was like, man, I feel like I should be more bold, not just on this platform, but in my life. But then I also, at the same time, felt very afraid about that because I didn't want to make someone mad or I didn't want to offend someone or I didn't want to push someone too far or honestly, I was just afraid of what would happen. I was afraid of what people would think about me. And I, I still struggle with these things. And, and an excuse I personally used was, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm preaching the gospel up here, so it's fine. Like, every day or every week, you know, all y'all show up and I preach the gospel to you. So I don't need to go out there and do it because I'm, I'm doing it in here. Y'all go out there and do it. Which, which I think is great. But at the same time, I think it's so important for us to, to be in a place where we are willing to talk to other people about our faith, where we're willing to let people know. And just so you know, when I say like preaching the gospel or, or speaking the gospel or sharing about the good news, I'm not talking about standing up and, and yelling at somebody. I'm not talking about standing on a street corner. I'm not even talking about necessarily getting up with a microphone. What I'm talking about is letting people know about something that you're passionate about. I don't know if, if you've ever had a moment or a thing that happened to you recently where you're like, man, this is, this is incredible. You have to check this out. I had that moment recently. I was um, in, in a movie with my mom on Christmas Eve, and, and this movie just blew me away. Like, I, I was a film major in college, and so I love movies, and I get so excited about, like, a good story. And so I had this, this moment happen where, you know, like, I, I went to this movie with my mom, and I knew from, like, literally two minutes in, I was like, I'm in. This is going to be my favorite movie of the year. And so I watched this whole thing. 
there was a moment where I was like, ah, they might be losing me. And then they got me back again. And I was like, this is it. My favorite movie of the year. I get out of the movie and immediately I text like 17 people about this movie. Like, I, I, like Scott, who's one of our leaders, he had told me about the movie. So I was like, Scott, you are so right about this movie. If you ever like a movie, tell me because I trust you. And then I, like, I told my dad, I was like, dad, we are going to see this movie when I go, come up. Don't watch the trailer about it. Don't read anything about it. Go in completely blind. It's going to be amazing. And I texted Katie. I was like, we're going. This is awesome. Like, I was so excited about this movie that had impacted my life that I wanted to tell everybody. And that's the heartbeat that we're talking about here. It's not an obligation. It's not feeling bad because I said something about it or because a pastor said something about it. It's about us saying, man, I experienced something life-changing. And now I want to let somebody else know about it. That's what living a life that invites is all about. But, but I want to take a moment and I just want to share three thoughts with us tonight as to why we should live a life that invites. Three things if you want to jot them down. And, you know, this is the first message of the year. And this is the first point I'm giving you this year, even this decade. And so I thought to myself, Brian, the first thing that we should do is give an uplifting point. And so my first point is, every person is going to die. I thought I'd give you something, just bless you in this moment. I know that's a super morbid thing to say. And, and honestly, like we live in a culture that doesn't like to think about death very much. Like that is the farthest thing from most of our thoughts as 20 and 25 and 30 year olds. In fact, we have this, this saying that, that we should live our best life now. And people say that, I'm living my best life now. And, and if you say that, that's cool. I'm not going to like be grumpy and, and <coughs> you know, come at you if, you, if you if you eat a great donut and you're like, this is my best life now. You eat that donut. You do you. But at the same time, I need us to realize, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, that you... No, no follower of Jesus is living their best life right now because our hope is not in this life. Our hope is in heaven. Our hope is in eternity. And so whatever like I am trying to do to live my best life, ultimately I need to remember in that moment that my best life is in the future in heaven with God. <coughs> Excuse me. It says in Hebrews chapter nine, it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment. What do we learn from this? We learn that first and foremost, that everybody in here is gonna die. But we also learn that death is not the end of the story. But that after death, every one of us is going to stand before God. And here's the thing that we have to realize about this, that when you stand before God, the question is not going to be, did you live a good life? Because the truth of the matter is that so many people in this world think, okay, that's what it's gonna be. When I get up to heaven, I've lived a good enough life so God's gonna let me in. But it says in the scripture that there is no one who's good, not even one, and that no one seeks God. All have sinned. And so the question is not going to be, did you live a good life? The question is going to be, did you trust Jesus for your, to pay for your sins? Are your sins paid for by Jesus Christ? Did you put your faith and trust in Jesus who died on the cross for your sins? That's gonna be the question. 
But the reality that we have to settle into in this moment is that every person that you run into on the street, every barista that serves you coffee, every grocer, everybody in your family, everyone is going to have that moment where they stand before God. And what I'm praying for us is that we would get a revelation in our hearts to realize that and that that revelation would rise up in us a sense of urgency to say, I want to tell as many people about Jesus as possible because everybody is going to end up either in the new heavens and the new earth with God, with community, no sorrow, no tears, no pain forever and ever, or everyone is going to end up in hell, paying for their own sins. And, and here's the thing, God does not want anyone in hell. It says in 2 Peter that it is not God's will for anyone to perish, but that he desires that all may come to salvation. In fact, he is patiently waiting for people to come to know him. But at the same time, we have to realize that and we have to have that urgency. I love what, what C.S. Lewis says. Listen to this quote. He says, the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship or else a horror or corruption such as if you now meet only in a nightmare. All day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or other of these destinations. Listen to this, there are no ordinary people. You've never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal and their lives is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. What he's saying is every person is one day going to end up in the new heavens and the new earth or separated from God. And what I'm praying is that God would help us to understand the weight of that reality and help us to understand that he is actually inviting us to invite other people towards him. Now, God is a gentleman. He's gonna give every person a free choice to either accept him or reject him. But he wants to invite people and he wants to let us be a part of it. So that's the first thing that we have to realize is that every person's gonna die. The second thing, if you wanna jot this down, is this, that everyone is going to live. Everyone's gonna live. Oh, my wife's bringing me a water. Give it up for Katie. She's amazing. She said, if he coughs one more time, I'm bringing it up. Thank you. Awesome. So I know that this sounds super intense, that after every person is going to die, it's kind of a weird transition to transition into every person is going to live. And I know that's a very obvious thing to say, like, well, Brian, didn't get much study time today, so you're giving us the obvious stuff. But here's the thing, like, ultimately, in this life, it's not going to be our best life now. But God has invited us in this life down a path of joy and peace in serving him. Look at the contrast that we see here. Ultimately, we see this contrast in Psalm chapter 16, and it says this, in Psalm 16, 4, the sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. But then in verse 11, it says that 
You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so what we see and what we deter from this is that there are these two paths. And if you follow your own path in your own way, ultimately the promise is that your sorrow will multiply. But then if you follow after the path of God and walk with God, that there are pleasures and joy in his presence. And so we see this contrast. And I think about this moment and I think about the reality of so many people in our world who are searching and trying to find meaning and happiness. And yet they're coming up empty. And maybe there's even people in this room that would say that, like, that's what I've been on. I've been on a search in the past decade for meaning and happiness and I haven't found it. And, and you know, the, the scripture actually gives us this picture of life without God and of sin. And it's kind of an intense picture, but, but I think it's a really beautiful one as well. Look at Isaiah chapter 28, and it says this, The bed you have made is too short to lie on. The blankets are too narrow to cover you. Now, I want you to think about this imagery that, that God is trying to speak to us. I, I grew up, um, part of the, my life growing up, was, uh, was a missionary kid in Africa. My parents uh, moved us there when I was in the third grade and I spent six years living in Africa. It was like an absolutely amazing experience. I loved it. And uh, one of the things though about living in Africa is that um, the, the place where I lived in West Africa was like incredibly hot. Okay, so like during the hottest part, it was 120 degrees like during the day. And then it dipped down to a uh, chilly 95 at night. And then not to mention, the, the, the power and the electricity kind of where we were living was a bit spotty. And so uh, at times, very often in fact, I would have to go to bed and go to sleep uh, with no electricity, no fan, no AC, 95 degrees. Now, I, I kind of got to the point where I got used to that. And I actually, I feel like I have no scientific backing for that, but I feel like I have mastered how to fall asleep when I'm really hot. And my theory is if you just lay completely still, like the heat can't get to you as much. <laughs> now, I have no proving of that scientifically, but, but it is true. And also, I, I discovered that after I kind of was continued to grow up, I felt like that, that like my body, again, no scientific backing, like my body adjusted by like when I sleep, it just lowers my body temperature like severely. And so some people, they're like, when I sleep, I'm so hot. Like I need to cut down the air conditioning like to like, like 50 degrees. Is anyone like that in here? Like you know that, like that's your jam. Okay, I am the opposite. I'm like, please give me all the blankets you have. And so I remember, like, my, my, my worst nightmare would be, like, showing up to a spot and having to, like, go to bed somewhere and being, like, I don't have any blankets for you because I'm, like, this is going to be a chilly, long night. I'm going to be miserable. It's not my worst nightmare, but it's high up there. And so, like, I remember, like, as a kid, I would be over at, like, sleepovers at friends' houses and, like, they were poor planners, so they didn't have, like, you know, like, blankets for me. And so I had, like, a t-shirt or something. And so, like, it's this idea of, like, I wake up, it's, like, 2 a.m., I don't want to disturb anybody, and I'm so cold. And so I have, like, one t-shirt that I'm kind of trying to, like, cover my chest, but then my legs get cold, so then I kind of try to cover my legs. And then I'm, it's just, like, a horrible situation. You guys feel my pain? Okay. I think that's the picture of what this is. The blankets are too narrow to cover you. 
And so everything that you're trying, even if it's solving one problem, it ends up creating two more. And listen to me, some of us, maybe even this decade, that's been our life, is we've been searching and looking and saying, I'm really trying to solve, find happiness, find meaning, find joy in this, and then this, and then this. And every time you think you're going to find happiness, but it ends up leading to just more discouragement because the blankets are too narrow to cover you. And so what we have to realize is that ultimately, like a relationship with God is the thing that you were created for. It's the thing that will actually satisfy the deepest parts of your soul. And so, so, so many Christians I know, when they go to maybe talk about God or share their faith, they're like, oh man, I, I don't want to be a buzzkill. You know, I don't want to like ruin someone's fun. But the reality is that God created all of us for joy and hope and peace and purpose within a relationship with him. And so we must create and develop a deep sense of urgency to tell people and to let people know not only is this your security and death, but this is actually your path for life. This is the hope that we have. And my friends, like if we, we most of us in this room believe what I just said. I, like I said, there's some who don't. We respect that, but most of us believe it. And so how crazy would we be to keep that quiet and to ourselves? To act like, oh man, that's not really what I believe. Like if we actually believe it, let's let people know about it, amen? All right, so the last thing I want us to write down is this. I, uh, the first thing is that everyone is going to die. The second thing is that everyone's gonna live. And the last thing is that Jesus is our only hope in life and death. Jesus is our only hope. You know, everybody is asking two questions. They're asking the question of what happens after I die? And they're asking the question of what is my hope and my meaning in life? How can I find meaning and happiness? And as we've discovered, the answer to both of those questions is found within a relationship with Jesus. He is our only hope in life and our only hope in death. So I'm winding up here and I want to end so that we can just invite our worship team back. You guys don't have to come up right now, but I'll invite you up in a second. But before I go, you know, we've talked about this idea of sharing our faith and, and being open with our faith. And my goal and my heart for us at the harbor, you know, there's a lot of ways you can share your faith. You can invite somebody. You can, you can let people know. What you, there's a lot of things that you can do. But, but my hope is that everyone in here who, who would call themselves a Christian and who believes in God, like that you would, you would actually be able to tell someone about Jesus and actually like have a conversation on your own. That, that if somebody were to come up to you and say, what does a Christian believe? Like, what does that actually mean? That, that you'd let them know and that you would be able to walk them through it. You wouldn't have to ask me. You wouldn't have to pull up a YouTube video that you would actually be able to tell them. And so there's a lot of different ways of doing this, but I just want to share quickly one way that I think is really helpful. And, and it's called the, the method of three circles. And so you can do this on a napkin. You can do this on a sticky note, whatever it is. But, but there's this method of three circles. And here's the thing. I was in my, uh, I was in my house on, on Tuesday, 
Katie had this beautiful like table decorated. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to get a little Pinteresty, a little creative, a little Instagrammy. I'm going to take some creative shots, okay? So don't judge me, um, but here it is. So um, the first circle that we would draw is the circle of God's design. And so you draw a circle and you just draw a heart. And basically that says that, that God loves the world, that God loves humanity. And at the very beginning of time, God created the world so that he could have a perfect creation and a perfect opportunity to walk with human beings. And then not only did God just create the world and the cosmos, but he also created like you individually as a person. And he loves you. And maybe you're thinking like, man, like I have done so much terrible things. Like I have an awful past. <clears throat> maybe you're even thinking like, right now I have messages or I have things on my browser history or things that, that God would not like. But I want to let you know that right now in this moment, God loves you. God does not reject you. God does not desire for you to get far away from here. God was not mad when you walked through the door. God was so happy because he loves you so much. And so God created you for love. God created for you to walk with him. It says in, in John chapter 3 verse 16 that God loved the world. And so this is the first circle that we see is just the circle of God's love. But then the second thing that we see is we see our sin. And if you want, as you're teaching someone or talking to somebody about this, you can draw just a circle and a little squiggly line for our sin. And you know, this is the new year, and a lot of times during a new year, people make New Year's resolutions. And so we say things like, man, I'm going to lose weight, or I'm going to work out more, I'm going to get ripped, I'm going to, you know, read a ton of books, I'm going to get super intelligent, I'm going to advance. And really, a New Year's resolution is kind of answering the question, like, what's wrong with me? Like I kind of said, okay, here's the things that I don't like about myself and I'm gonna try to improve them in 2020. But, but the thing that we have to realize is that the greatest problem that we have is not our weight, it's not our social status, it's not our intelligence, it's not our gym activity. But our greatest problem is our sin because our sin separates us from God. It says in Romans chapter three, verse 23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it says in 623, the wages of sin is death. What that means is every single one of us, there is no one in here who is excluded from that. It's not like, oh man, all the Christians are good and you sinners are messed up. Like, no, 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 no. All of us have walked away from God. No one in and of themselves seeks after God. And because of that, the wages of sin is death. The consequences for that is that we would be separated from God forever. And so this is a big problem because our sin not only causes us separation from God, but our sin also causes messed up relationships with everything around us. And so if you've ever wondered, like, why is there so much horrible stuff happening in the world? It's because the brokenness of us rejecting God has also caused us to reject our fellow man. And so there's sexual assault and there's racism and there's violence and there's greed and there's envy and all of these horrible things, all of these sins because we have chosen to reject a relationship with our creator. 
And so the, the second drawing really is this idea of man's sin. But then we see this opportunity for restoration. And we draw a circle with a cross that Jesus came down and he died on the cross for our sins. And then he rose again so that we could have life. And this is what happens is that Jesus, he, he paid for our sins on the cross. He lived a perfect life. He, he died a death that we deserve to die. And then when he was dying, God took our sins and put them on him. So that when we put our faith and trust in him, that we get his perfect life. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin, he sees Jesus. He sees his perfection and his righteousness. And so when we put our faith and trust in him, you see that that third arrow leads us back to God's design because it takes us back to the original place where we have access to God's love, where we have hope for the future because our sins have been forgiven so we can be invited into God's presence forever. But we also have hope for this life because we have access to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have community. We have a purpose now that's been God given to us. So as we see just a simple drawing that I hope that you could take someone through and walk someone through. But in this simple drawing is literally the power of life and death because Jesus is our hope in both life and death. So as we close tonight, I just want to take a moment and just share with you guys and just wrap back around to, to the vision. The vision is that we would live a life that invites, that we would be men and women who say, I, I don't want to go alone to heaven that I wanna bring people with me. And the band's coming up to close out. You know, it, it says in Acts 1.8, these are actually some of the last recorded words by Jesus. Right before he ascended to heaven, Jesus came and he said this. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. And what I love about this is that first and foremost, we see this promise of God that when God sends us out into the world, he doesn't send us alone, but he sends us with courage and he sends us with boldness and he sends us with power through his spirit that lives within us. Man, if, if something that I've said tonight speaks to you and encourages you, it's not because I said it, it's because the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. But the other thing that we see is that Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. And so we gotta realize that God's plan to show his love to the world is sitting in this room. It's his plan A and he doesn't have a plan B. So like if you've ever thought to yourselves, man, like this community is screwed up and messed up. Like somebody should fix that. If you ever looked at the nation and said, this nation is messed up or this world is messed up, somebody should fix that. Then the truth is that we are God's plan A to fix that. Not us, because it's gonna be his power through the Holy Spirit, but that is the plan A and there's no plan B. So my prayer tonight is that we as a church would recognize and realize that God has called us to take the gift that God has given us and to bring it to the world. 
And so I want to take a moment and I just want to pray for us. I want to ask everybody's head to bow and everybody's eyes closed. And God, I just want to ask you right now that you would fill us with boldness. I know that there are people in this room that deeply desire to walk towards what I'm saying right now, that deeply desire to share your love, but we feel afraid, we feel fearful. And I just wanna ask right now, God, for your boldness. Now, I wanna ask you, man, if, if you're, if you're um, a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, and you just want more boldness to share your faith with people, would you just have the boldness to just raise your hand right now into the air? And I wanna pray for you. I see so many hands going up. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. God, I pray for each one of these people. I thank you so much for their love for you. I thank you so much for the fact that, that they want to serve you and follow you. And so I wanna ask you tonight, God, please, in your will, give us boldness to share. Give us love, God. May we not be uh, people who are angry. May we not be people who are are, are condemning or holier than thou. May we be people who have such an incredible love about us that we are compelling to people around us. Please, God, give us boldness through your spirit. And the last thing I wanna do is I just wanna give an opportunity. I know that, man, I don't know, maybe there are people in this room who, who don't know Jesus. And every week we like to give an opportunity for people to come to know Jesus. And so, if you would say, man, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm following God. And, and today, as you explained what the good news of the gospel is, the fact that Jesus died for my sins so I could have a right relationship with God. And now I want to follow him. Um, if that's you, and, and look, if, if that's not you, and, and maybe you're, you're just kind of checking things out, we respect that. We're never gonna push anyone. We're never gonna um, coerce anyone. But if that is you and you would say right now, I wanna, I wanna follow after God, I just wanna give you a moment to just raise your hand in the air. Nobody's looking around, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Anybody else say that that's, that's them, that they wanna raise their hand? It's amazing, thank you, thank you. So for anybody who did raise your hand, I just wanna ask you over uh, in the Connect Bar area after the service, uh, there'll be some people and I just wanna ask you to go up and talk to them and they would love to just answer any questions that you have, show them love and, uh, and, just, and, just, uh, and just let you know how thankful they are. God, thank you for this night. I pray that you would continue to speak to us and through us, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at wearetheharbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.